If it goes right, it's a slice. If it goes left, it's a hook. If it goes straight, it's a miracle. This is Out of Bounds. If it's happening in the world of golf, we're talking about it. Coverage, debate, discussion, pro golf and local golf. Let's do it. This is Out of Bounds. And here are your hosts, Nate Sharman and Josh Derso. All right, welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast. Josh Durso and Nate Sharman here keeping you in bounds with the latest from around the golf world. And holy cow, the PGA Tour needed a blockbuster weekend to get the 2024 season underway and get people really excited about it. And Nate, they got it. They got it on yeah, wow. platter. They sure did. Nick Dunlap, the uh, 20-year-old from the University of Alabama, goes out and becomes the first player to win since Phil Mickelson in the early 90s, 1991, to win on the PGA Tour as an amateur. Uh, pretty cool stuff from Nick Dunlap. Um, really, really decorated um, college player and now gets it the win uh, at, at the Amex over in California. So a pretty cool story. Really good, really low score to kind of position himself in the lead. Had the read going into Sunday and then goes out on the front nine on number seven, just cold hard shanks one, uh, makes a double on that hole. You're kind of saying, oh, this is kind of the end of the, the amateur story, right? It just doesn't really look good for Nick. Nope. He makes a birdie on the following hole, then down the stretch, holds it together. Hits an Aaron shot on 18, but holds it together, able to uh, knock in a pretty sizable, about a 10-footer uh, for the win. Uh, so pretty cool stuff for for Nick to get that done. Um, first PGA Tour player to win as an amateur since uh, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, you want to talk about a, a golf story. This is a real golf story. This isn't that manufactured sure stuff that we that we see, uh, you know, that I was complaining about last week. Golf media just trying to to generate a storyline uh, after a, a non-elevated event or an event that that it isn't going to get a lot of attention otherwise. This is a real golf story. Um, you know what? I thought it was pretty cool to see guys from both the PGA Tour and Live giving him his props. Uh, obviously, holding it together. Um, you know, you'd like to say, judging by what you've seen out of him, this guy's built a little different. Like this oh, isn't yeah. your average college kid, man. Like this, this guy can play golf. Um, of course, you know, he has a big, big, big exemption now through the rest of the year to all the elevated events. He's got membership through 2026 in the PGA tour. If he joins, right. If he, if he, if he turns pro, um, couldn't win any money. We're going to talk about that. Um, but, you know, just a, uh, you want to talk about a life-changing weekend for, uh, what, 21-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid? That's Yeah, pretty I mean, cool stuff. Crazy stuff. I mean, he joins Tiger Woods as the only players to win the, both the junior amateur and the U.S. amateur. He's a very highly decorated uh, AGA player. He won the Player of the Year tournament, Player of the Year award in that in that league a couple years ago. He played in the Corn Ferry Tour event, which he Monday queued for. I believe he played in the U.S. Open last year. Uh, just a lot of cool stuff from from Nick Dunlap. Uh, it was pretty cool going down the tee on the 18th on the 18th hole. Uh, he's playing with Justin Thomas, former or excuse me, fellow uh, Alabama. Uh, he went to Alabama, and so does Nick Dunlap, obviously. And um, Nick hit an errant drive, like I mentioned, and it went into the crowd. And he didn't really think much of it, but Justin Thomas made a joke about how he hit, might have hit a spectator or something, and, and Nick uh, responded with something to the paraphrase. I'm paraphrasing here, but something to the tune of, "Well, I hit just about every spectator at the U.S. Open last year." So pretty cool stuff from Nick, uh, able to uh, you know on the grind of an of a 
of a full tournament and going down the 18th hole, they'd be able to joke with uh, Justin Thomas a little bit and have some laughs too. So just a stone cold killer, like you said, Josh. So pretty cool from for Nick Dunlap, um, a very highly decorated player. But Josh, let's talk about that, about that, um, about the payment part, because what happened was since Nick Dunlap wins, an amateur can't win on the PGA Tour, or can't win money on the PGA Tour, excuse me. So all the money goes to the second place person, and I believe that was Christian Bazin who. Um, let's talk about that, Josh. What are your thoughts? You know, just how just about how college athletes are getting paid now. You, you see that a lot in college football and college basketball too, as well. Um, what do you think the PGA Tour or even anything in that general golf, the golf world should do about this possible problem we have? I hate it, right? Because you know, if you're, it's a no-brainer. Like, if you're going to give an amateur two-year membership, if you're going to give an amateur. Uh, access to all of the elevated events for the rest of this season and then throw the caveat on that he has to turn pro and yet at the same time can't collect the prize money from the event he just won makes absolutely no sense so like imagine this scenario where and it, it could very easily happen he turns pro next week plays the rest of the season has access to all those events but doesn't win again it's like this win never happened for him financially. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, of course, like he can be making whatever money he wants to make uh, outside of golf because of NIL. He can be doing whatever he wants with brands and things like that. So, like, to me, it's an outdated rule. It's a rule that, frankly, makes the PGA Tour look a little greedy. Um, yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I think probably, if anything, it's a scenario where the tour has never had this problem. Right. So they've never had to really think about it too much. I think this situation very well may start that conversation. And perhaps we see a change to this before the start of next season. I don't think we're going to get any fixed before that, though. Yeah, Josh, you're absolutely right about the tour looking silly. You know, this was a, such a huge golf story, right, that not just people in the golf world, you know, took attention to, but people in just the sports world in general. Something happened in golf that hasn't happened in 30 years. I mean, this is just a monumental story across sports. I mean, the NFL playoffs were going on, and this was talked about. This was how Nick Dunlap won uh, as an amateur on the PGA Tour. And then you go ahead and you look at the money displays, and he's, Nick Dunlap, $0. And you're and you and to the casual person, you're like, what? That's crazy. This guy just won a PGA golf tournament and, and he gets and he gets zero dollars for it. So yeah, outdated for sure, Josh. Um, I understand where where the rule kind of roots from, but yeah, like you said, we need to find a way to to kind of get around this rule and 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 kind of reward this good play for an amateur. But like you said, Josh, we haven't really had to deal with this. Maybe Sam Bennett in the Masters a little bit last year. But still, that was a little bit a little bit different in a way. But yeah, it's definitely what's definitely different. Do you think he's going to turn pro um, in the next month or so? And I know he's got a lot of decisions to weigh. Um, I, I know that's really a really hard decision. But what's your opinion on that? Um. Uh, yes, I, I just I don't know how. I mean, uh, yes, but I don't know how fast he does it. Right? Like I don't know mm -hmm. that he's going to necessarily be in a rush to do it to turn pro so i think it may be something that we see slow rolled um but i think in general like it's that's hardly even a question why wouldn't you turn pro like what, right. what would be the reason to go back to school at this point just for the sake of going back to school 
Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, is if he really has his eye on, you know, winning a team national championship at Alabama and possibly competing for that individual national championship title, right, that we've seen a lot of illustrious golfers win in the past. But you just have to figure out if that means more than your PGA Tour career slash professional golf career, right? So I think it's a really hard decision. I think it's really easy to say, well, why? Why would you not take the money? You're in all the elevated events. You know, you're in a lot of the majors and stuff. You can start your professional career. But as a 20-year-old, you know, you have these goals when you're a, you're a kid. You know, you're looking at guys that like guys like Tiger Woods and like Rosang, who people like Rosang, who have grown up and, and won these national golf event, national golf events in college. And you're like, oh, I want to be there. I want to be on that big stage. But you play well in a PGA Tour event, and everything changes. So it's going to be a really hard decision, in my opinion, for Nick Dunlap. But eventually, I do think he does go pro. Um, the timetable, I'm not sure, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think it would, it, from the outside, it would also appear to be a pretty um, privileged thing to do if he decided to yeah. go back to school. Because it, it's really the only scenario where you can look at it and be like, oh, you don't need you don't need to make you know at least a two to three million dollars over the next two years you can afford to just go back to school like it's one of the things that i think would it wouldn't land with very many casual fans of golf or casual observers of sports in general because we see it in every like other sport when you have that opportunity when your stock is highest when you have that opportunity to make that money you go make that money. Yeah, so, it's easy to say that you're going to play good golf if you wait a year and then you join the PGA Tour next year. It's easy to say that, well, I'm a good golfer, well, he's a good golfer, that he's going to be just fine. He's going to win plenty of golf tournaments. But things happen quickly, right, Josh? Either the golf swing goes away or you turn your ankle, you know, doing something crazy in your in your career, your athletic career is finished. So that's also a part that you really have to put into yourself to figure out, well, am I ever going to be as hot as I am right now? Probably the answer is, but you still are a little bit hesitant, right? You would think. Yeah, I mean, and look at—we've talked about it a thousand times. How um, basically we see players on tour have hot stretches of golf, right? And if it's your moment to have your eight, twelve, sixteen-month stretch of playing potentially the best golf of your career. I mean, no no professional golfer, I think, looks at it that way, or very few of them actually look at it that way. But if right. you are potentially entering that phase, uh, or you're potentially entering, you know, he could be thinking, you know, putting up God numbers like Tiger. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, if either of those scenarios are on your mind, the answer is go pro and start that process. Yeah, for sure. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what what Nick does uh, over the course of the next few weeks. He did already withdraw from next week. Um, I don't think that um, yeah. decision has anything to do with him going pro or going amateur. I bet you he just wants to go back and be with his family and celebrate this victory together. Can't even get a beer at the bar yet, Josh. He's only twenty years old. So, uh, but I'm, but I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on uh, uh, back at his camp. But just celebrate the win, you know. I bet you it's a really you're really emotional, emotionally drained after an event like that. So just getting some rest and some recovery. Um, I yeah. would venture to guess maybe he hasn't even touched a golf club yet, but he probably has, uh, knowing how competitive golfers are. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Congratulations, Nick Dunlap and the University of Alabama. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about something else. I think that's a, a we both agree is a net positive for professional golf. Uh, the match part a billion. Um, Rory and Lexi versus Max and Rosang. 
Um, February 26th, 6.30, West Palm Beach. Um, interesting stuff. How do we feel about it? Where do we come down on it? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, they're you know, playing at 6.30, so they'll be under the lights. I believe it's 12 holes, um, which is cool. Um, we've seen a lot of iterations of the match, and some have been cool, some have not been cool. We've seen parts we've liked, and some parts we've not liked, right? So it's cool that they're doing it again. Um, I think it's awesome that Max is involved. We know Max Homa so well between his media appearances, his appearances on Twitter, and, and some other different stuff, too, and just the fact that he's always willing to talk, right? So I think that'll be cool. Uh, Rory is Rory, really cool guy. Lexi Thompson has been around forever. Uh, she's a really, really cool person, too, and played really well last last year in the PGA Tour event. And then you have Roseanne, kind of new sort of crop of golfers right on the on the LPGA Tour. Um, what, this comes down to just being really cool for, for women's sports in general. I mean, women's sports have really, in my mind, taken a, a bigger step in the last, I don't know if you want to call it 12 to 18 months, right, with Lexi playing the PGA Tour event. You have Caitlin Clark at Iowa who's just lighting it up, too, in the basketball world, and not to mention a, a ton of other different athletes that are, that are playing well right now. So uh, good on the PGA Tour for kind of capitalizing on this movement and throwing Rose in, in, in with this group and, and Lexi as well uh, to kind of show what they can do and how good they are. Uh, I think this will be really cool to kind of see how Ro what Rose is like. Um, we, we know a little bit of her, but kind of seeing her on this stage is going to be even cooler. Yeah, this is always an opportunity to uh, get the personality of players out there a little more aggressively. Um, look, I, I love it, but my only issue with these matches at this point is that we're still just calling them the match. It's like this thing that was Tiger Phil-centric. I don't know how yeah. many years ago. Like It feels like it was eight or nine years ago now. Um, you know, this needs to be rolled into TGL or the PGA Tour or some kind of new exhibition series. I don't know what you want to call it, but you got to stop calling it the match. Um, I think these have a lot of potential and a lot more potential if we stop calling them the match because most casual fans, when they hear the match, they do think back to that Tiger Phil series. And I yeah. think that was the match. These are something else. You know, enti entirely, uh, excuse me. And I think, you know, this would probably be a really good way, a really good first step for the PGA Tour and Liv to kind of dip their toe into the pool of working together. And if I'm dreaming big, I'm hoping by the end of this season, no matter what we're doing with a framework agreement or a Saudi investment or whatever the case may be, um, that we're seeing these types of matches across uh across the two golf leagues yeah that that's something we've called for for a really long time josh and it would be so so damn cool to see these two team two leagues kind of square off against each other right we've done a little yeah. bit of hypothetical stuff but i'd I love to see uh, put a peg in the ground and go at it but yeah the, these they definitely need a new version of the match right i think that's a little bit um out of an outdated term a lot of money does go to charity which is really cool and um, but who? Do, but last question with the match, Josh. Who do you got, Max and Rose or Rory and Lexi? Uh, you know, I I'm just automatically going to take the Rory team, no matter who Rory's you know playing partner yeah, is, because definitely. like you know he's I don't know. You want to argue he's at worst top five in the world, right? Like Max. I mean, the way is Max good. has been playing though. Max is good, but he's not Rory. Right. Like, come on. I, to me, that's where it, it kind of like, you know, but we'll see, you know, um, if we're comparing Roseng and Lexi, I think Roseng is significantly better than Lexi right now at this moment in time. 
So maybe those two things balance each other out and it's, you know, a really clean, fair, um, you know, battle between the two. Yeah, Alexia has played some incredible golf, though. We, we saw her on the PGA Tour last year, and she played really well in that event. Um, Rose is, is still a little bit – she hasn't proven it as, as much as on the LPGA Tour. She does have a win and does has played very well on the LPGA Tour, including in the majors. So I just think this would be really cool to just kind of, you know, get an AirPod in her ear and, and kind of hear what she's kind of going through um, throughout the golf shots that she's hitting. We've seen that in the past and, and really been a big fan of – when golfers put that AirPod in and, and talk through their shot and talk through what they're thinking about as they approach the golf ball. Yeah, and this also goes back, I think this also kind of goes back to the uh, the Ryder Cup. I mean, Max and, and Rory were two of two of the players for both sides that played um, yeah. almost as well as anybody. So I think that's, right. you know, I think that's big. Max um, is probably the best American at the Ryder Cup, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, think that's really a debate. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I agree completely. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit here. Tiger and TaylorMade are launching Sunday Red. It's going to be a brand. Uh, they filed for the trademark of Sunday Red. If you look at the logo, it's kind of a, a dotted, it appears to be a dotted tiger. You're going to be doing some kind of almost like the Slazenger logo. That's kind of the vibe that I got from it. Um, but yeah, Sunday Red. What do you think? What do you uh, what do you see as a big uh, potential plus with that? Yeah, it seems really cool. It seems a little bit different in the fact that he can kind of get golfers underneath his wing instead of kind of how it's been going. Uh, but to continue that red on Sundays is really big for the Tiger and, and the TW brand as well. I know we're not really seeing TW, but that's still kind of in the back of the minds of people. You know, you associate with Tiger with wearing red on Sundays. So that's cool. Um, I'm it would be really weird if he wasn't wearing red on Sunday. So um, I'm excited to see uh, the big cat and uh, him playing in his one a month, one a month event on the PGA tour this season and uh, being able to see that red on Sundays. And uh, I don't know if golfers are going to be very excited to see that red chase him down up the leaderboard on Sunday. Yeah. I, I think the big, if I'm thinking about the big opportunity or the big gain from this, it's that this new brand, unlike the Nike TW partnership before, it's not going to be tiger centric. It's not going to be sync or sail based on how well tiger plays. So I think this pretty much positions the brand to be successful without him. And it allows tiger to have equity in this entity in this endeavor um, that doesn't have to translate to him playing good golf. Um, my guess is probably we're going to see some athletes signed uh, to this Sunday red brand i think that, i think that could happen by the end of the year i think we may if if taylor made actual and, and tiger um launch this thing by the say the end of this season i think we could see some off-season signings next winter and potentially other players younger players playing mm -hmm. under this sunday red banner in 2025 mm -hmm. i like it just looking a, forward just to a it okay so to wrap the show up this week, I've got a little bit of a prop. I know I got a little prop for you. Um, if you are looking Love my props. at props, yeah. If you're looking at 2024, <laughs> I'm setting the over under for John Rom, his wins this entire season, at 1.5. Are you taking the over or under? I'm including all the majors, and I think there are arguments for 
both sides of this, which is why I think it's such an interesting question, uh, prop to potentially debate. But 1.5, are you over or are you under? I'm taking the over. Um, I think he, between the, uh, I think it's like 11 live events they play and then the four majors. So you're looking at about 15 events that he's going to play in this season between live and the PGA Tour. Um, we've seen guys win multiple live events in a season. Taylor Gooch did it last year. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins two live events and competes in the majors. I don't. I think it's hard to say when, what guys win a major, of course, but I, I think he does win two live events. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out swinging in that first one um, and plays really well. Mayakoba coming up here, but I, I think. Oh man, that's such a good line you set. Uh, you should go work for Vegas. But I think over one and a half is kind of where I'm going to sit with uh, John Rahm on the live tour, especially. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty confident in taking the under. And I think it's actually because I think there are going to be a lot of people who say he's playing in weaker field events. So he should easily win more than 1.5. He should easily win two events this year. But I actually think the opposite is true at this point. I, I think, you know, when we're talking about the, the fields um, of these live events, I don't necessarily think they're as easy to win as a lot of people want to believe they are. Um, and by the way, you know, elevated events on the PGA Tour without John Rahm in the field, they got a heck of a lot easier, in yeah. my opinion. So I think there's a bit of a, Catch twenty two there. I, I I would take the under um, because you know we've seen guys even though they aren't quote unquote on the top of their game or aren't considered to be among the best in the world right now in this moment. Taylor Gooch, uh, DJ, um, they've won multiple times, and I I just think there's I think there's more competition over there. This is also his first campaign over there. Um, caveat being, I guess, if he wins a major kind of throws a huge wrench into that because if he wins yeah, a major, sure. I, I do think he'll win one live event this year. I just don't think he'll win a major. Well, I would argue, Josh, that it's that it's almost easier to win an elevated event than it is to win a non-elevated event on the PGA Tour. I know that sounds crazy, but you have double the amount of people, and that's just what I'm going for with, with a non-elevated event and versus an elevated event, right? You take a look at these elevated events, we're around 60, the live tour is at 54. Uh, so it's... Not, I don't want to say it's easy, but you only have to beat significantly less amount of guys than you do in these big events. So I think that's kind of definitely 53 guys, right? I know I say only. I know that's pretty tough still, but it's still it's still tough sledding for a guy like John Rahm, but it's just so hard to win. Uh, that just really goes back to tie up a, a bow on Nick Dunlap. You know, he beat, a, he beat hundreds of guys in that event. So I think it's pretty cool um, for that story, too. But, yeah, that's a really, really good number, like I mentioned, Josh. But I think he does win two of the events this year. Yeah, I'm um, – yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll debate this again. I think another topic yeah, that we will have up. to talk about at some point here is exactly what you just alluded to in terms of what is actually most difficult to win – in this version of what the PGA Tour is. Is yeah, it for sure. an elevated event or is it a non-elevated event? I think to your point, non-elevated events might be Ooh, a little certainly more an argument. I don't, I don't really know if I have my answer to that question yet, um, but I, I, really, I really do think it, it surprisingly could be a non-elevated event with uh, just the amount of more, more amount of people in a cut 
and just uh, but you have the pressure of the big guys playing the big events. So I don't know. It's it's certainly a toss up, Josh. But I'm looking forward to debating that here in the future. Yeah, for sure. Hey, that is going to do it for this edition of the show. You can catch more out at our Substack. Uh, you can also listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow us on TikTok if you want to see more from us in between episodes. For Nate Sharman, I'm Josh Durso. And remember, whether it's down the middle or out of bounds, keep on swinging. You've been listening to Out of Bounds. If it's coverage, debate, or discussion of pro and local golf, we'll be talking about it. Be sure to visit the website. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time on Out of Bounds.